And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast for Monday. December 7th. Uh, it's a Monday, but we still have three games ahead of us uh, in this week 13. As we are sitting here recording, I am Michael Beller, joined as always by Jake Sealing. Jake, what's going on? <laughs> it's going on. Is, uh, it's 2020. That's all you're like. If anybody told you two touchdowns from Alfred Morris in week 13, I mean, like, just go home to 2020. I'm enough. Enough. We're done. Alfred Moore and a receiving touchdown too. I mean, two punches in two from the one yard line. Like that's that's wacky. But you know, stuff like that happens. But a receiving touchdown among Alfred Morris's two touchdowns that is as twenty twenty as it gets. Brandon Funston also here. I guess as twenty twenty as it gets. Maybe is also the Seahawks losing to, to the Giants as ten point favorites at home. Uh, what's going on out there in the Pacific Northwest, Brandon? Yeah, man, I'm just trying to figure out why you're so spunky and energetic as a uh, as a Bears fan. You should be. You, you should have me? the dark cloud over you that uh, I do as well. But you sound way too energetic for a Monday morning after a tough loss for your favorite team. Hey, I was saying uh, six weeks ago, seven weeks ago, that they are maybe the worst five and one team in NFL history. <laughs> so to have them lose six straight. For sure, close the door on Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. Um, get a better draft position. See? I mean, this is I, – I, I want that. Oh, I see. I'm see, all in. This, this, this is what I want. glass half full. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I want to get them and go for the Giants. And meanwhile, at least probably going to get a freaking extension at this point. Yeah, division. You can't you can't fire a division champion GM. Are you out of your mind? Yeah, put your no team way. in the East, and you're tired for the division lead, man. Hey, I'm looking. I got my eye on a top ten pick. Maybe Zach Wilson falls to the Bears. Maybe that's Justin the worst Fields part about like it. Whole, yeah, right? They, they're going to go from a top ten pick to the 18th or whatever it is because they're going to be the first playoff team. Right now, unbelievable. Hey, Funston, right yeah. now the current matchup is a rematch. It's actually in New York, Seattle. Yeah. I would take Giants that. Right I would take that. And honestly, <laughs> you have to start kind of thinking about it as man. Winning that division is. You're right. It's like it. The, the best place to be is to be the playoff team. If you don't win your division, to be the playoff team that gets to play the NFC East team. No yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely not I don't a know, bad Brandon. You're not, you're not reading the articles yesterday. It says they're the team that nobody wants to face. <laughs> I, I, I just watched the game. I want to face them again. I absolutely do. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, the team that absolutely no one wants to face this offensive juggernaut. Coming out of the NFC East, that's uh, uh, what I mean. Just it typifies what uh, Week 13 was, though, with uh, with that game uh, being in that late window and just uh, so much bizarre stuff happening, as you said, Jake, and guys who we thought were going to come through for us not coming through, guys who were totally off our radar coming through in that big Week 13 uh, wrap up of the fantasy football regular season. We're going to take a look at. It. We're going to try to take a look at it by going through all 12 games. That were played on Sunday, as I said, still three games ahead of us. We're going to focus on those 12 that were played on Sunday, and we've got it structured, so we're talking about the more important stuff early in the show, and we'll make our way through the stuff that's going to have the biggest impact, we think, 
on the fantasy football playoffs, which begin for most of us in week 14. And when that's what we're talking about, guys, I mean, it wouldn't be an episode of this show after the game Cam Akers had if we didn't start off by talking about Cam Akers. You can quibble with the efficiency all you want. 72 yards on 21 carries. Just one target did turn it into a 22-yard catch. Got a touchdown, but it's the 21 carries compared with just three for Daryl Henderson. I know we are never going to be in a situation where Sean McVay is totally out of our minds when we're putting Cam Akers into our lineups. But Jake, when next week rolls around, week 14, Rams taking on the Patriots, will Cam Akers be in your lineups? Will he be an RB2 sort of player? So two different questions there because one is he's not on any of my teams because I avoided this backfield and he's been in Patriots games along with the rest of them. It's like, I I don't want to play this game. You know that. Uh, The second part of the question is still not an RB2 because Daryl Henderson got banged up in that game, was gone for a while, and he came back. Uh, Yeah, Akers led the way, but... It's really it's the Sean McVay situation. It's like, does that really mean Daryl Henderson's out of the equation? I I don't think we can base that off the game itself. You know, if you say like, if you looked at the box score, you say, oh yeah, it's Cam Akers' time, just like Jonathan Taylor time, who by the way also lost a rushing touchdown to Naeem Hines yesterday. It's a similar situation. Akers should quote unquote be the lead, but I say quote unquote because if Malcolm Brown gets a rushing touchdown towards the goal line, if Daryl Henderson in this game script and maybe New England gets up early somehow, don't expect it, but somehow, and all of a sudden it's more Daryl Henderson. I just don't, it's not going to be a situation where I ever trust McVay. I would have to say, and I know it'd be too late at that point, but I would have to see a good two, three games in a row of everybody healthy Game script independent of Cam Akers getting the workload in the front for it to be an RB2. Yeah, McVeigh's changed my DNA this year <laughs> through the course of time. Like, I banged the drum so hard for Akers that it's going to happen. It's going to happen. At some point, I just finally threw my hands up in the air. Uh, I think the, the problem with Cam Akers being the guy now is does it matter? I know that... Uh, some of my teams, I have cam makers everywhere. Some of them are just very much, uh, you know, on uh, either not going to make the postseason or they're right there because cam makers didn't deliver to his, you know, to his draft status and be the guy and give you anything. You couple that with a couple other draft pick misses and it's a killer. So, um, I mean, you're facing a headwind all season long with cam makers. Just tough now. I just don't know how many teams are super successful just kind of hanging on to Cam Akers all year long. So um, if you're there and you're still going, good. Maybe you get something out of him finally. But I just, man, this is this is almost like the tree falling in the forest. Is there anybody there to hear it at this point, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely could be in a tough spot. New England, the Jets, and Seattle are the Rams. Uh, three matchups in the fantasy playoffs. On the other side of this game, we had another pedestrian effort, at least on the ground, from Kyler Murray. Saved his game with three Passing touchdowns, one of them in total garbage time. Dan Arnold's second score of the game, but uh, just not the Kyler Murray that we've been used to seeing all season. He has just five carries in each of his last three games, this coming uh, since he hurt his shoulder a couple of weeks ago. In total, 15 carries for 61 yards, no touchdowns on the ground, and while Kyler was getting it done through the air, what made him special from a fantasy perspective especially, but also from a real-life perspective, was what he was doing as a runner, and he just hasn't had that. He just hasn't had the ability to do that over his last three games. Playoff schedule looks like this at the Giants in Week 14, home for Philly and San Francisco in Weeks 15 and 16. Brandon, is there any real world in which you would sit Kyler Murray? I mean, no one has Kyler Murray and Patrick Mahomes, right? So is there any actual world where you would be sitting Kyler Murray or at least thinking about sitting Kyler Murray? 
Maybe. I mean, I I said I said on our Sunday show that he's had one real bad game. I said let him have another real bad game before you start to think about that. This wasn't a great game, but I'm just kind of looking at the the big picture. The last, if I said here's a quarterback who's averaging one and a half touchdown passes in and 215 passing yards in his last four games, and in his last three games is averaging 20 rushing yards and has not scored a rushing touchdown. Like that quarterback doesn't interest me a whole lot. And that's what Kyler has been. You, you look at the Giants, the Eagles, the 49ers for the next three games. Those are good defenses. And their defenses get out to the quarterback. And I think there's been a little bit of a book on, on Kyler and talked about just like not going for broke against him, keeping him contained, make him throw out of the pocket. And it's not great. And couple that with the fact that he's got the, the shoulder injury. Yeah. I think if there's really good options on the waiver wire, you're carrying a really good second, second quarterback. You might want to look at if that second quarterback's got an incredibly cherry schedule or a game. And you do consider sitting Kyler Murray at this point. Yeah. I don't think there's anything different between this Kyler Murray and the one at the beginning of the year, except the rushing. You know, we were talking about earlier in the year, the 133 and three touchdowns against Carolina, a lot of mm-hmm. 188 and two, one, you know, a 260, a 270 and two, and two and three. And same thing. Yeah, 269 and two against Seattle, 173 and three against the Rams to let down the, go- you know, basically we should have been a goose egg for all intents and purposes against the Patriots. But as Brandon said, 15, 35, and 15 rushing yards the past three weeks. He's not running. He's worried to run, no rushing touchdowns in those three games. And that's the truth of how banged up is that shoulder. He's obviously worried about it. So the passing side of it is the same Kyler Murray. It's just whether or not he's going to run. And without that running, he goes from being a top five you know, quarterback to this 10 to 15 range. So I, I still find it hard to bench him. If we get some reports that he starts practicing in full and the shoulder feels better, I, there's no way on earth I'm benching him. But right now, depending on what as else is on your team. The problem is there's not a lot of people out there that were backing backing him up with a quarterback yep. unless you were listening yep. to yep. us all mm-hmm. year and saying it's a weird season, make sure you have a backup quarterback. So I don't know who you could potentially turn to. Like, are you going to go to Derek Carr off the waiver wire? Sorry to Brandon, like, to bring him up. But, like, I bring him up because he's <laughs> right now the QB1, and last week he was one of the worst quarterbacks in what should have been a walk-over game. So I don't know where you turn. That's the problem. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a it's a, it's a tough spot to be in, and I think uh, anywhere where I had Kyler Murray, and I actually don't have him anywhere where I'm headed to the playoffs, I would still be playing him, but not feeling as good about it as I was maybe three weeks ago. All right, let's move on to our next game, and just uh, a heads up here, we've got 11 games to go, and we're 9 minutes and 50 seconds in, so let's think about that as we are uh, giving <laughs> our answers here. Colts and Texans is the next one I want to talk about. Jonathan Taylor coming up with another big performance, 13 carries for 91 yards, Three targets, caught them all, 44 yards, and a touchdown. Sure, the touchdown came on a blown assignment, but hey, it's a touchdown nonetheless, and it's usage in the passing game nonetheless. Meanwhile, Naeem Hines and Jordan Wilkins combined for 11 carries, 22 yards, five catches on five targets for 28 yards. This feels like it really is Jonathan Taylor's backfield in as big a way as we can expect it to be for the remainder of the year. So I ask you guys this, Jake, you can start. Jonathan Taylor is the RB blank the rest of the season. The RB 10, the RB 15. Where do you think he ends up landing with games against the Raiders, Texans, and Steelers? Mm, So that Steelers hurts. The Texans feels really good. Raiders, above good. I'd put him at RB 18 because Naeem Hines and Jordan Will can still combine for 11 carries. Jonathan Taylor had 13. We love the passing game work. Got the touchdown, but Naeem Hines also got the passing game work. I still like the Rams. Just don't 100% trust this backfield. So 
I'll say RB18 just because I still think it's going to be up and down over the next three games. I, I just don't see the consistency. By the way, real quick in this game, Deshaun Watson and my home league, you want a Kyler Murray comparison real quick, is if Drew Brees doesn't come back, which I'm kind of hoping for, I would bench Deshaun <laughs> Watson in Chicago versus Taysom Hill, the number one quarterback since playing against Philly. So if Taysom Hill's out there as a Kyler Murray replacement, that's somewhere you could go. Interesting. I was going to say uh, running back 15. Um, it's a great schedule. I'm guessing we're going to see the regular 15-plus touches. There is still worry, obviously, of the other guys. But if it's going to be like this most of the time, I, I'm, you know, 15 is about right for me. I'm not going to go RB1, but he's somewhere not too far beyond that. So, uh, And that factors in, I think, the uh, downside potential. There will be random stealing of touchdowns and random extra Heinz Ward touches, but I think Wilkins is kind of just not Heinz the concern Ward. anymore. I mean, Heinz, <laughs> <Naeem> Heinz. <laughs> that would be quite the story. Wow. We're getting Heinz Ward touches. I mean, it might uh, be people I think at the Giants. Giants. He might be that playing guy's a warrior. <laughs> I'm sure that guy could go out there. And, and That's what I was saying. Effective. I was like, what is Santana Moss running on the field for the Giants at this point? Like, yeah, seriously, right? uh, we got Alfred Morris back. In Colt the McCoy and Alfred Morris. Pretty much anything. Yeah. yeah, right. We could do pretty much anything that we throw back eight or 10 or 12 <laughs> years um, on the other side of this game. Kiki Kuti came through with the big game that a lot of people were hoping that he would. Eight grabs, nine targets, 141 yards. Did it against the Colts, did it? And what was a tough assignment? He's got two more tough assignments on tap at Chicago next week at the Colts yet again in uh, week 15. And then week 16 is against the Bengals. If he's sitting out there on a waiver wire, I think going after him is obvious. You don't need us to tell you that. What you might need us to tell you is, does he slot as a default starter? Do you think he ends up in that sort of range, Brandon? Uh, I think I would probably chase this a little bit that's a pretty narrow tree we saw you know with all those guys out i mean chad hansen i guess we're gonna have to look at him and see what's going on there is, is he the guy or are we gonna go after isaiah coulter if he's available but it feels like kuti is is solidly the number two option here and now brandon cooks has a concussion apparently so i mean man i mean i, I i'm probably picking him if i'm picking him up i'm probably playing him this week even in a tough matchup against the bears yeah wasn't chad hansen the one that played for the yankees too was that the other one? Is that the same name? Um, <laughs> Drew Hansen. Oh, Chad. Drew Hansen. No, thank was... you. Drew Hansen. Chad Hansen. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. The same thing. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I don't think you know. It's funny. Is I don't think anybody expected that though. Mike is nobody expected eight yeah, for one forty one yeah. <laughs> to lead the day. But as Brandon mentioned, narrow tree. Chad Hansen seven targets. So that came out of nowhere. I was really annoyed because that should have been Isaiah Coulter. But uh, I don't think Hansen <laughs> is the one that we expect to do it every single week. I think QT, uh, I don't know. Do we have their schedule? I'm going to pull it up. I don't know if you had that yeah, one. Yeah, right? Chicago, Chicago, Chicago Indy, Indy, Cincinnati. Uh, okay, QT is probably like a wide receiver three. Yeah. I was going to say I, he I, could I, push I, himself into the wide receiver two conversation, but that's two tough matchups in a row. Right. But yeah. one that he just burned, too. He goals. did, but you know that's also how many, like Deshaun Watson threw it almost forty times in that game, right? Right. right. Well, and one of the big plays was just Deshaun Watson extending something forever. Dude, Deshaun Watson, that Watson looked like last year Watson, where that offensive line was just hiked the ball and the people were in his face. Good God! Yeah, yeah. Let's get him to. Uh, I mean, he's obviously in. in he was a four-year extension, but man, let's put something around this guy because he deserves better than what he has had. Uh, They're going to break him, him like Cam Newton for the balance of his career. I, I, yeah, let's just fingers crossed that that doesn't happen because this is a dude who should be playing in a Super Bowl at some point in his career. And hey, speaking of playing in a Super Bowl, maybe Taysom Hill's going to get to play in a Super Bowl uh, this <laughs> season. I would say maybe from a pure quarterbacking perspective, we saw his best game 
of the uh, of his three start runs so far 232 yards just 6.27 yards per attempt but did throw the first two touchdown passes of his career and then what we love in the fantasy world 14 carries 83 yards on the ground ends up playing as though it was a four touchdown game through the air for Taysom Hill at Philadelphia next week and then there are rumors of Drew Brees potentially being ready for a big game against the Chiefs in week 15 but Taysom Hill I mean what are we what are we doing with him? I mean, is it just start until Drew Brees mm-hmm. is back? Is that where we are with him, uh, Jake? Yeah, well, I mean, honestly, there's also rumors that Drew Brees could try to come back this week, so we'll have to watch and see. God, but if you're the Saints, like, I mean, uh, the Packers are right on your heels, right? But, like, let Brees get healthy. I don't know. That's always the thing is like, how much do you trust? Like, the, the fact is, is he's get healthy. He's not going to be healthy until the off season. At this point, you don't break <laughs> eighteen hundred yeah. ribs and you know, like <laughs> wear a flak jacket. It's like cool, fine. You're like he's not going to be healthy for the rest of the year. So, I agree with you. You would say on paper, like, hey. Which way do you go with this? Is it like, do we want the number one seed? Because there's only one this year. There's only one buy. People right. need to remember that. I'm not saying like, oh, you know, but people somehow, you know, have forgotten that over the course of 2020 that there's only now one because it's seven teams. So do the Saints look at that and say, look, Taysom Hill has been great, but we got to get Drew Brees out there, hold off the Packers, get home. And that is that more important? So whichever way they go with it, if he's out, if Drew Brees is out, I think Taysom Hill is. I've been most reluctant of anybody, I think, to say I don't want to trust him because of the Cam Newton situation, which was where Brandon was on Cam the beginning of this year, is because of the rushing. But he looked capable passing. Now it's the you know it's the Falcons' pass defense. But if he's going to continue to be essentially a running back, I think you kind of have to start him as at least a QB one, even if it's low end. Yeah, I mean they are just not afraid of letting him be this sort of running back, be a guy who gets double-digit carries every game, and that's going to make it pretty easy to start him, uh, I think, against Philadelphia next weekend, so long as he remains the starter. On the other side of this game, you know, not really a ton to take away from Atlanta. I think the biggest thing we take away is that maybe Todd Gurley's not as healthy as the Falcons indicated to us before the game, and if he is... Maybe it's not the same volume, and he's been a volume guy. He's been, I think, if you took Todd Gurley where he was going, ADP, you have to be happy with what he's given you. But he has to, he needs the volume, right? He needs the volume. He got eight carries. Ito Smith got eight carries. Brian Hill got five carries. I mean, Brandon, when you look at this situation, are you uh, afraid of trusting Todd Gurley in the fantasy playoffs? Yeah, absolutely. I've been afraid of trusting Todd Gurley all year long, and that's what happens when you have a a guy that's been around the league a long time with an arthritic knee in an offense that if the game script goes south, then your volume's going to be an issue and you know, and and you're you're just chasing touchdowns. And so we were worried about this knee kind of becoming a thing and apparently it has uh, if you look at Gurley's schedule, I guess if the Chargers play like they played against the Patriots, this actually might be a game where Gurley can give you something. But then you got Tampa Bay and Kansas City, and I think I'm out on Gurley completely of even considering him in those games. But, uh, you know, I think if he has any last gasp, it could be this week against the Chargers. But we just don't know really how healthy that knee is. So we'll have to see. Yeah, you're just you're never going to feel good starting him. I mean, there's going to be people who make the playoffs with good teams who are maybe back into a corner where they have to start him, given the landscape of the running back position. But it's never going to be a comfortable start. And certainly, if you make it to weeks 15 and 16 against Tampa and Kansas City, you are not going to feel great about Todd Gurley in those ones. Uh, let's move on to our next game here, Eagles and Packers. I really just want to look at this from the Eagles' point of view, and I would like to get both of your guys' opinions on this. Jalen Hurts gets his chance in the second half of this game. Ended up completing 5 of 12 passes for 109 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Nice play on the touchdown, right? Creating some time and delivering a strike uh, to Greg Ward on, I believe it was a fourth down play. Next week, 
Tough matchup with the Saints, then Arizona and Dallas. I guess the first question we have to answer here, which Doug Peterson has not, he's going to be the starter, right? And assuming he is, where does he fit in into the fantasy football world? What do you got on Jalen Hurts, Jake? I don't know if he necessarily is. I mean, this is going to be another one of do we turn the page or do we still think this division has a shot because it's the NFC East? As Brandon asked this in our roundtable. We're going to have basically the same answer. Is I likened him to Taysom Hill and Cam Newton because the rushing upside is terrific. But as you saw with the turnover and some of his throws, my biggest concern for Jalen Hurts coming out of college was needing time to develop as a passer. He's still raw as a passer, and it's not just the rawness of his ability. It's also some of his decision-making, which you saw in that game. There's highlights, and there's going to be some real lowlights, too. That's the problem with Jalen Hurts. So maybe it lights a spark in this offense because he takes a few more shots. But you know what? I'll give you another comparison quarterback-wise. If you want to say passing, Jameis Winston without the 350 yards and three touchdowns, maybe more of a Jameis Winston risk, you know, a, a level of a 220 and two touchdowns, 250 and two so touchdowns. So like Jameis Winston without the good? No, Jameis, like 80% of Jameis Winston. I just don't think that ceiling is the same Jameis Winston there. Is that, okay. That's what I'm saying, because he's going to do more running than Jameis Winston does because Jameis doesn't run a ton. Yeah, I don't really have a whole lot to say other than I, I, I agree kind of with the Taysom Hill and Cam Newton comparisons, but I will not be ranking him ahead of uh, them this week, even if he is named the starter. And those guys have terrible matchups. I mean, Newton's got the Rams and Hill's got uh, the Eagles. So I guess we'll see them both in the same game. But I would not I would not play Hurts ahead of those two guys. But they're in the same realm, in my opinion, as well. I thought you're burying the lead here, Mike. I thought you were going somewhere else with the, the, the Eagles first. Which was? The backfield. <laughs> Yeah, you want to talk about Miles Sanders? I want to talk about this backfield because Doug Peterson strikes again. And look, hey, I'm not coming for you guys in like a victory lap. It's just like we remember yesterday's show, and I was like, that's all right. We got we got a Devontae Booker bullet loaded just in case you (laughs) do. I was going to bring him up in this statement, Brandon. I was going to say like Devontae Booker like does not deserve to be an RB one, but neither did Miles Sanders. And I'm not saying like, look, I didn't, I wasn't saying like you guys were nuts. I just was hesitant on Miles Sanders from his performance to begin with. And I did not expect this either. That's what I was going to get to, Brandon. Like, that's why this is not a victory lap. Nobody expected it to be this bad. Nobody expected Jordan Howard to get as many carries as he did his first game action. Doug Peterson's back to being Doug Peterson. Like, Miles Sanders, I was going to throw this out to you guys as the reverse of you asking the question, Mike, is Miles Sanders, rest of the season, is he even, even an RB2 now? I won't give up on him. I won't yeah, give up on I. him, but <laughs> um, but it's not a great week this week for him to rebound. That's for right. sure. So Saints, one of yeah, the best run Saints. defenses in the league. Like I think he's more benchable than Kyler Murray is. Well, so, yeah, so do I. But yeah. I think that's got a lot to do with the the like positional uh, sure. depth and also the also the the ceiling that Kyler Murray brings. Sure. Yeah. And just the, the situation that we're dealing with here. But we'll put it this way. If Josh Jacobs was out for a second week, you guys can call me crazy. I would rank Devontae Booker over Miles Sanders for the workload. Because two things. To go to that real quick, nobody expected Jets to have the lead late into the second quarter. Nobody expected that. All that being said, Devontae Booker did not look great on his touches. But he did have 15 carries. And I forget, what was it, two or one, two, three receptions or whatever it was. And freaking Derek Carr stole his one. touchdown. It was so, one, t- one reception. Okay, yeah. so 16 <laughs> let's touches. Talk, let's, let, let's get into that uh, since, we're, since we're already on it here. I mean, I, I just think that we, we get into this trap with a lot of players like this who assume large workloads. And, you know, you can't just brush away the fact that he had 16 carries and two targets. Right. 
But volume can't be everything. We can't just no. say he's getting volume start the guy. The guy actually has to be playable. And is Devontae Booker good enough to be playable like this? I still think so because, again, you know, the Jets, This you can look at it two ways. You can say what Brandon said yesterday, the Jets are better against the run than people give him the credit for. You can also say Devontae Booker falls into the Giovanni Bernard, Alexander Madison, blah, 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 all these traps of not being as good as the lead option. And I overestimated his ability in this game. Sure, I, I, I will 100% admit that. But again, 16 touches, actually 17 because he had 16 carries. He's right now ahead of Derrick Henry. And I'm not saying that it'll be like, oh my God, but like Derrick Henry had a huge letdown game and he's in that same range of guys of Kareem Hunt and Austin Eckler and stuff like that. And again, I'm not comparing him to them. But still 16 touches, 17 touches is still 16, 17 touches. And I'll take that as an RB2. I had him too high, but I'll take that as an RB2 going forward. And I would take that over not knowing what the hell is going on with Miles Sanders health-wise, usage-wise, and stuff like that. Yeah. By the way, just to... um do you guys see Greg Williams got fired, which I think is laughable. I, saw, I, I already tweeted about that, Brandon. I said, come on. That was the best tanking call of all time. And you're going to fire the guy? I, I was watching that last drive and going, why are they not putting deep safeties back and in, in doing this? That was absolutely – they were trying to lose. So now Greg Williams is going to take the fall for that? I, that was – that was exactly what the Jets organization probably wanted and needed. 100%. Was, the fans were know. ticked off before that play. Unbelievable. Yes. Just tr- truly unbelievable. Just, I mean, and, and they got beat twice, you know, right? I mean, the, the play right before so, that, uh, Derek Carr question. overthrew Nelson Aguilar. I'm not yeah, saying right. I'm right and you guys are wrong. Serious question. Like, this is why we do these debates on the show. Serious question. If Josh Jacobs was out next week, would you guys go smile Sanders or Devontae Booker? Because I just made my case. I would still go Devontae Booker because I know he's walking into 15 to 20 touches. I have no idea what the hell is going on with Miles Sanders and Doug Peterson. I would play Miles Sanders still. I would too. Does and I. Sense? Yeah, but I, I think a, a Taysom Hill. Like, this will be interesting for Taysom Hill. I guess we can get back to Taysom Hill uh, discussion, but I just am waiting for him to get really, really challenged. And that Denver game was a laugh, laughable throwaway game. Atlanta, we know what kind of defense they've been. They're, you know, I always say they're tougher to run on, but man, you know, Taysom Hill, if you're the ideal, you know, matchup for throwing the ball, it's probably Atlanta. So Philadelphia, I, I think they're as talented up front as most anybody in the league. And I'm very curious to see how Taysom Hill does. I'm not saying he won't do well, but I think this will be his first real true test of a legit, you know, tough defensive front that, you know, since he's basically been the starter. So, I don't think it's going to be a runaway, runaway kind of offensive game for the Saints. I'd be surprised if it is, anyways. Uh, since we get to uh, Devontae Booker in the Raiders Jets game, let me just uh, really quick hit on the other side of that game with Ty Johnson. Frank Gore left the game with a concussion. Ty Johnson ended up running for 104 yards and a touchdown on 22 carries. Uh, really quick on him because you know I don't think we need to spend too much time on the Jets. How interested are you on the waiver in him on the waiver wire this week, Brandon? Uh, not. Uh, that was all Frank Gore's production, by the way. That was, you, you could just basically <laughs> plug Gore concussion. into that. <laughs> I know, Brandon, you're the same thing. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I know, right? Um, yeah, normally Seattle's not that easy to run on. Apparently the Giants figured something out, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I just don't, I don't know. I'm not going to be interested in Ty Johnson. I guess if Gore is out legitimately and you're in a tough spot, he's worth he's worth throwing something towards. I mean, he, he's worth not having on on the waiver wire mm-hmm. free agency yeah. anymore, but I don't... Yeah, RB3, yeah. where That's Frank Gore went, just go. plug him in. Right, exactly. 
at Seattle at Rams versus Cleveland is what the Jets are looking at for not the good. next three weeks. So not good, but yeah, I think yeah, he should, he's someone who shouldn't be sitting just out there he's on the probably, waiver wire, even if you don't, even if you don't end up starting him at all. Right. right. I was gonna say nothing else. Play keep away, and then against the Rams, you'd probably do better than Frank Gore does because the Rams are better against between the tackles than they are space running backs. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, guys, let's move it on over to, sorry, Brandon, Giants and Seahawks. Uh, we talked about this Giants defense held Seattle to 10 points on, on offense, two more points added by the uh, special teams on a block punt safety. Russell Wilson, 27 of 43, 263 yards, 6.1 yards per attempt, one touchdown, one interception, sacked five times. And this Giants team has been playing a whole lot better recently. Now, I'm not sure how actionable it is in the fantasy world. You're gonna, I think we need to talk about it because all of our listeners are going to be hearing so much uh, about – you know, don't worry, you were joking about it. Don't want to play the Giants. No one wants to play this Giants team. This Giants team's peaking at the right time. Joe Judge for head coach of the year. No one wants to play this defense. What a turnaround from this defense. But how actionable is that really when you look at their schedule the rest of the season? Arizona next week, Cleveland in week 15, Baltimore in week 16. I mean, Jake, is there really anyone on any of those teams who this matchup swings a start-sit decision for you? Yeah. Honestly, but it's the lesser pieces. Like you become right, hesitant, right. you become hesitant about Drake. Maybe you have the depth at running back to make that situation. You know that call on your team. Yeah, Christian Kirk's been benchable for a few games, but I would say mm-hmm. he's still strongly on the bench. Cleveland similar situation. You don't play the Rashad Higgins. Uh, maybe Kareem Hunt is less enticing because this game ends up being lower in that situation. Like we just saw, you know, yesterday with the Giants and then Baltimore. Same thing. It's a it affects the ancillary pieces. It doesn't affect the quarterback so much and Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson doesn't affect the stars, but the secondary pieces, I think what comes into play, which by the way, Brandon, I just want you to know, I was probably as aggravated as you because I was so conflicted in that game. I was like, please knock out my survivor teams. (laughs) But at the same time, I don't want the Giants to keep winning. Yeah, I don't. I don't really want to say anything more about this game or, or the <laughs> That's what Giants. Right. So talk about um, the schedule. That's it. Mike set it up. You don't have to talk more about the game. Well, I mean, I think from a Giants fantasy defense standpoint, man, I would play. I would play them against Arizona, Cleveland, and Baltimore. I think they could be successful for you if you picked them up, uh, you know, or you have them, or maybe you just you left them. They're probably sitting out there, so maybe the the play here is to go get the Giants defense because against a, a injured Kyler Murray in a in a you know turnover prone Baker Mayfield and God knows what with that Baltimore offense, I think the Giants. Could be if you're streaming defenses, that could be the defense you just pick up and ride the rest of the way. Is Wayne right, well, Gallman? This transitions very nicely into the next. What was that, Jake? I said Wayne Gallman's now a must start. 
Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I feel like he's been there for a little bit here, right? I mean, well, he's, uh, he was doing out. the Todd Gurley before this. He was doing the yeah. you know, 60 yards and a yeah. touchdown. Um, all right, let me just do what I want to do here. I want to transition into the next topic. Uh, you, it was set up beautifully, and then we had to talk about Wayne Gallman for 15 seconds. Uh, let's get to Baker Mayfield and these Browns. A huge game for Baker Mayfield, uh, especially a huge first half for this offense in Tennessee. Big win over the Titans, 334 yards, four touchdowns, better than 10 yards per attempt for Baker Mayfield in this game. Got different questions for you guys here. So, Jake, I want to start with you on Baker Mayfield. Are you buying Baker or are you just excited about picking on what might be a bad Titans defense for the rest of the season? The playoff schedule for Baker Mayfield and the Browns is as follows. Baltimore at home in week 14. Then they are in New Jersey for the remainder of the fantasy season. They play the Giants in week 15 and the Jets in week 16. Yeah, so there's no way on earth I want to trust Baker against Baltimore. Uh, I'm going to be hesitant against the Giants. And then, yeah, fire him up against the Jets if you have to make that move. But I don't think you have to, hopefully. Uh, you know, Baker also, you know, yeah, good game against Jacksonville's defense. Oh, it's Jacksonville's defense. The three games before that, he faced the Raiders' defense, the Texans' defense, the Eagles, Leather. which are pr- probably the most difficult of the three. And zero touchdowns, zero touchdowns, zero touchdowns. The weather was the weather was horrible in all those games. They had two crazy wind games and then one crazy rain game. Uh, the crazy, the crazy rain game. I'm, wasn't with, that I'm with you, Jake. <laughs> like, no. I'm with you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to play Baker the rest of the way. I'm not so sure if if the Jets clinched the number one pick in that last game or whatever, or they have that thing. Then the Jets might actually put forth a solid defensive effort. <laughs> I don't think they're terrible uh, talent wise, but uh, yeah, I'm at least not playing him at all in the next two weeks. So then, is it the other side of this? Are we motivated to play anyone against the Titans the rest of the season, or are they just that? Oh, bad they've been defense? a matchup I've loved to pick on the entire year. That's why you remember yesterday's mm-hmm. show, as I mentioned, Rashad Higgins I actually had him on a couple DFS teams, and I, I wasn't expecting even that great of a game. Would he have like eighty in a touchdown? But in any case, ninety-five in a touchdown. Yeah. So there you go. So you know, I think that's just the thing. The Titans have been picked on the entire year, and they should be. Yeah, they've get they've had fourteen quarterback sacks in twelve games, the second lowest to, to Cincinnati. So when you can give the quarterback time, that's what happens. Well, let's look at the receivers really quick here on Cleveland's side of the ball here, uh, Brandon. Jarvis Landry, another good game. Eight grabs, 62 yards, and a touchdown. Last two, he's got 16, 205, and two scores. And then Rashard Higgins had the six for 95 and a score in this one. With Landry, the question is, are you starting him? The rest of the season with Higgins, the question is, are you going after him on waivers this week? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know about Higgins being a great play the next couple of weeks. With Landry, I think he's the guy that could be a little bit matchup proof with this the way he plays. It looks like he's healthy again, so suddenly he's, you know, he can get he can get open quickly off the line of scrimmage and give Baker Mayfield that that kind of hot quick read that he can throw to and uh, in the passing game. But you know, Higgins and Peoples Jones, like those other guys, are a little bit more of of your vertical sideline guys, and I just think Landry's going to be some somebody that Baker Mayfield, even in tougher matchups, will still be able to get serviceable numbers to. Yeah. Jake, do you want anything on the Cleveland receivers, or can I move on to the next game? Yeah, move on. Hodge might even be back next week. 
Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Kaderil Hodge could definitely be back. Something Derek Van Riper and I talked about on this morning's episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Uh, let's get to Jaguars and Vikings. Uh, a funny thing with the Vikings, right? I mean, Kirk Cousins now three straight 300-yard, three-touchdown games. I mean, they they had to uh, squeak by the Jaguars, and, uh, and that has certainly helped him get there. A bizarre pick six where he and Dalvin Cook weren't on the same page probably helped him get there as well. But still, this is the skinniest, most productive tree in the league. It seems like every week, no matter how things go for the Vikings, you're getting good games out of Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, and Justin Jefferson. I don't even know if I have a question here, guys. I just want to—I just wanted to take a second to appreciate what we're getting from a fantasy perspective with the Vikings. It is predictable, high-level production from four different guys at three different positions. I mean, how often do we get this? Not very often. Oh, are we not? Are we not doing a moment of silence of appreciation? No, no, no. I just want. I, I, <laughs> okay. No, no, no. A moment of. I mean, are you kidding? A moment of ebullience of appreciation. We should be showing our ebullience. I just, I just want to say how much we appreciate him. A hundred percent appreciate it, but it was. Let's be honest. It was looking scary in the first half. It was looking. Oh like, yeah, it, but it, still, look at what happened at the end of the day. Yeah. All four of them come through. Certainly, I, I think the Jaguars pulled the Jets and woke up and said, "What the hell are we doing? Why are we trying to win this game?" And you ruined all the survivor picks. There's another one. Well, uh, yeah, and, and now we know the circle of trust is just the three, Cook and, and Jefferson and Thielen, because uh, the tight end didn't work out oh, in this okay. one. Oh, okay. So you're not – I thought you were uh, not including Cousins in there for a second. No. Oh, Cousins, I'm fine with it, you know, in a in a stream against good matchups and, you know, and, and just a kind of solid middle-of-the-road quarterback, absolutely. Three straight, 300-yard, three-touchdown games. This is a team that, uh, back in the playoff hunt as well, feeling pretty good about themselves. On the other side of this game, I do want to talk about DJ Chark really quick. He had the big game with Jake Luton, his first game, Luton's first start, and it was really just the one play, right? I mean, the 73-yard touchdown or whatever it was. Since then, three games, uh, two with Luton? Well, one with Luton because he was injured in one, and two with Glenn, or maybe I've got it reversed. Either way, it's been with Luton and Glenn, and it's been ugly. 10 catches, 20 targets, 138 yards. Is he unplayable until and unless Gardner Minshew gets back under center, Jake? No. I still think he's wide receiver three slash four. He was out there the most. He had the most targets. In typical Mike Glennon fashion, that interception was he had Chark. God, you yes. oh, it was such a big play left on the field that he overthrew him right to the <laughs> defender. But again, on the field the most, most big playability, most targets, most opportunities, most ra- most everything. And, you know, Schnault got that touchdown. I mean, honestly, was that one of the most fluky touchdowns of the season? Off two defender oh, hands yeah. and into his. Into his. <laughs> so, yeah, Chark, is, but he's wide receiver three or four. You know, back with Minshew, he was wide receiver two pushing the high end of it. And now he's, depending on what you could do, possibly benchable. If we could get Minshew back, forget about it. He goes right back into the wide receiver two conversation. Oh, and I'll just say he does have Tennessee on the schedule. So that's yep. it. Here's that defense we were just talking about being able to take advantage of. Oh, no, so that's awesome. I'll probably – I won't have him any lower than a wide receiver three this week on my rankings. I would love to see Gardner Minshew get back in there eventually. We know it's not happening this week, but would love to see it happen. I don't think it's happening One this of year. these weeks. But, yeah, I don't think, uh, I don't think that's uh, happening here either at this stage with uh, now two healthy games for him where he has been – the backup. Uh, let's take a look at Patriots and Chargers. And really, I just want, I think we can just, let's just forget about the Chargers. This was a game that just <laughs> got away from them. Horrible special teams. We'll forget about the Chargers. Throw this one out the window. Uh, let's look at the Patriots here. You guys have had different opinions, uh, varying difference uh, of your opinions on Cam Newton so far this season. And I just want to ask here, we know exactly what Cam Newton is. No surprises, right? I mean, he, is not have, he does not have any multi-touchdown pass games this season. He has more zero-touchdown pass games than he has one-touchdown pass games. But, hey, the dude getting it done on the ground, his fourth 
multi-rushing touchdown game of the season in the win over the Chargers. Uh, we'll start with you, Brandon, since you've been down on Cam Newton relative to where Jake has been this season. What's your interest level in Cam Newton for the fantasy football playoffs? The three matchups are at Rams, at Miami, home for Buffalo. Mm, I, it's, it, I'll play. He's certainly not a set it and forget it. He's a matchup dependent guy. I don't want anything to do with him Thursday in L.A. against the Rams. Uh, you're talking about a quarterback who's been under 100 yards each of the last two weeks. Um, if he doesn't rush for a touchdown, he kills you. I mean, he hasn't really had a game where, I mean, it's a couple 300-yard games, but no, never more than one touchdown pass. He absolutely has to score on the ground and do a little bit of, you know, add like 30, 40, 50 rushing yards with it to really be good. So I just think he's he's tricky. Um I, maybe the Buffalo game, that one feels good to me. The Rams one, though, I think that's just on the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah, there's nothing really more to add to that. It's, we know what you're getting with him. It's, it's rushing or nothing. 11 rushing touchdowns, 5 passing. This is still uh, going to be a record-setting year if somebody has ever done that at quarterback. But, you know, I just want to bring the one thing out of this game is what I mentioned yesterday is start your plotting, not plotting, between the tackle running backs against the Damian Harris 16 for 80 and essentially – Cam Newton, 14 for 48 and two rushing touchdowns. Right. Like, and Sonny Michelle even got involved with 10 for 35. So start those between the tackle running backs against the Chargers if we're talking about matchups going forward. Oh, so frustrating, though, having Damian Harris and watch Cam Newton steal touchdowns and then <laughs> oh, yeah, Sonny Michelle get 10 carries. So I think I, I, I'm, I'm just I'm very fearful as a Damian Harris manager at this point and what I can do. Oh, you know, it's always, it's always a concern. Uh, one more thing about this game <laughs> to the passing side of it. The second leading receiver, Sony Michelle, one for 23. <laughs> Gunnar Olazewski leading the team with that one 38-yard catch, which happened to be a touchdown. I mean, the bizarre stat lines that we've seen for winning quarterback from Cam Newton in both of the last two games. And just really quick to follow up on what you said about uh, the Chargers defense, Jake. Start your between the tackles, runners. Well, this is pretty fun, considering what we've talked about and who we've talked about. Week 14. It's the Atlanta Falcons on tap for the Chargers. So Todd Gurley, how are we feeling about him? <laughs> Week 15 at the Raiders. Maybe it's Josh Jacobs back. Maybe it's still our best friend, Devontae Booker. That's what the Chargers are looking at. And then week 16, they get the Denver Broncos, and we are going to talk about the Broncos in just a second here. But uh, just uh, a bizarre game between the Patriots and the Chargers. I don't think any of us is surprised that uh, in a game that had a pick em spread, that Bill Belichick came out of there with a 45-point win over Anthony Lynn. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. 
All right, guys, just a couple more games to get through here. Uh, you know who probably wishes there was uh, an offseason starting right now is the Chicago Bears after the loss that they took against the Lions, just giving it away in the last couple of minutes of the game. Uh, but I want to talk about the Lions side of this one. The Bears, forget about them. I, who cares? Let's talk about the Lions. DeAndre Swift missed this game again as he uh, struggles to recover from symptoms related to his concussion. Let's assume he does get back in week 14. What are we doing with him? Because, you know, it's hard to imagine maybe if he totally holds on to the job, Adrian Peterson could be involved, Kerryon Johnson could be involved. It's a great matchup against the Green Bay Packers. But, Jake, I'll start with you here. How confident would you be in putting DeAndre Swift in your lineup, assuming he's able to go in this one? I uh, call me crazy, but more so than Miles Sanders at this point. And I'm not trying to, like, okay. ham- like no, I'm not, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse over here with that one, but just the truth oh, is, yeah. like, Adrian Peterson, with a significant volume, he scored twice against a tons of defense, but he's still Adrian Peterson, 16 for 57. Right. And the bigger takeaway from it was how little that carry on Johnson was used in this game. You know, three targets, but also three rushes for three yards. It's just, it was Adrian Peterson, quote-unquote, bell cowie in this game against the Bears, and a game where they were even down early i mean that's this we know how that game kind of went i'm not like i'll take a shot at you for that one you're happy they lost so i I think that's we're looking here for the upside and if you're sitting here thinking what bevel is apparently thinking he's trying to get a head coaching gig again and trying to get another shot at it why are you going to roll out adrian peterson if if deandre swift is healthy you know he's your best weapon again we understand there's a hundred percent risk here he could be worse he could just stick with adrian peterson and say at least i can't lose the job this way but i have to say that I, I feel when Swift is out there, he's going to go back to where he was before this. Yeah, I think the to the Miles Sanders thing. Miles Sanders has New Orleans, and Swift has uh, has the Packers. And I think where Miles Sanders might have just been the easy answer before, because we were feeling like he is an eighteen to twenty touch guy, uh, we now feel like Swift's coming back. And, and, and in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, he'll probably get at least thirteen, you know, thirteen to fifteen touches. Mm-hmm. But that's where Sanders is too. And now we have to, we had to, you know, change our change our bearings on on our expectations for Sanders' workload. So now it's just basically they're kind of similar in in volume expectations and who has a better matchup. And that's clearly going in Swift's favor. So, yeah, I am with I'm with you on Swift being the better play here than Sanders. And I don't know what happened with Kerryon Johnson. I had ranked him higher than Adrian Peterson. I should have known Adrian Peterson goes does does bad bad things to the bears that's kind of been the the history of it so yeah i think he has 16 touchdowns in 17 games against the bears now it's been true for about a decade and a half here and it does not going to (laughs) change until adrian peterson actually hangs up the cleats uh yeah i have uh david something about david montgomery written here in our show sheet but you know forget about it we know what david montgomery is he's going to get plenty of volume great playoff schedule houston in week 14 at minnesota in week 15 at Jacksonville in week 16, even if Minnesota gets out of hand somehow, David Montgomery's going to be out there for uh, pretty much every single play for the Bears, and that's enough Bears talk for one day. Broncos and Chiefs, Sunday night football, a game that the Broncos kept close by keeping the Chiefs out of the end zone. Chiefs still get the 22-16 victory, but we know what the Chiefs are. Let's talk about what the Broncos are. They're uh, not the fully formed offense, not the an offense that a lot of people were excited about coming into this season. Could have been different if Cortland Sutton were healthy, but... That's life in the NFL. And when we look at this Broncos offense, Brandon, are there any guys who you would claim to be must-start guys week in and week out for the fantasy playoffs? Uh, I mean, I think it it's schedule-dependent. Melvin Gordon kind of, you know, is 
moved ahead of Philip Lindsay again, and um, Tim Patrick keeps having double-digit half PPR fantasy games. Uh, you know, again, I there's no one that's a slam dunk, <laughs> but you can look at matchups and feel good about certain people for sure. And um, I'm, I'm I got to look at their schedule the rest of the way. Uh, I got you. It's at Carolina, Buffalo, and at Chargers. Uh, that's real. Those are three really good games. So, um, yeah, they're all must starts. All of them. <laughs> no, you, you took it I'm away from me. That's where I was going to yeah. go for it. And I said that running schedule, as much as I hate to get on board with Melvin Gordon at this point, but those three matchups, good guy, like Carolina, especially next week. But then Buffalo has been successful to the run the entire year. And then what do we say about the Chargers? Right up the middle yeah. against them. Melvin Gordon, yeah. he, that's all he can do. So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Melvin Gordon, uh, you know, the flip side of are we gonna, I assume we're talking about the other side too, Mike, right? Yeah. You can go for it. You can just take it. No, I was just, I was saving this for this point of the season, or the season, the show. Let's see what you guys <laughs> had. I tweeted out this morning who dashed your playoff hopes the most. I'm curious where you guys would vote. Put Justin Herbert, Miles Sanders, slash Doug Peterson. CEH quote unquote active or Todd <laughs> yeah. Gurley healthy. Like which one of those do you think would have been number one? Like in your guys' opinion. I'm gonna so, say so, Justin Herbert because if or it's Herbert and Sanders, because anyone who has Herbert and Sanders started them. Like there's for sure people who bench CEH or benched Gurley. Same, Brandon? Yeah. Um I think it's probably Sanders uh, because it's you know it's a it's a couple weeks of just really really, really hot garbage. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's I, I'm with I'm with Michael though. It's it's one of those two. Sanders is 38. Second was Ceh being quote unquote active. It's 32 percent, and then Herbert at 27. Nobody cared about Doug Gurley three percent. So I mean, yeah. those were the big three though, and the Ceh being quote unquote active. You know, these are the things happy. Like you said, Mike. Some people were able to, and of course, when I tweeted this out last night, you know, sorry if you were waiting on and relying on. Clyde Edwards O'Leary, you know, people like, well, I wasn't. I don't know how you could. He was in the flu. Well, and then you got the people who responded like, don't be such a smart ass to those people saying, you know, when I had <laughs> other options like blank and blank, and we're talking about wide receiver fives, like Sterling Shepard or Darius Slayton, you know, both of those who were playing with Colt McCoy or those type of options. Like, yeah, I waited and tried to play Clyde Edwards O'Leary for the upside. Like, not everybody has the luxury to sit Edwards O'Leary as much as we want to do. Yeah, that's very true. Although I think we said on the on the Athletic Fantasy Cheat Sheet, be sure to check us out every morning starting at 11 a.m. Eastern, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, anywhere you can get us. Uh, I think we said unless you've got like someone who you actually want to start that you shouldn't be waiting it out for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Unless you had someone in that game or in one of the three games remaining who you wouldn't be holding your nose at starting, that you shouldn't be waiting it out for CEH. So. Come to the Athletic Fantasy Cheat Sheet. Get yourself some good information. We've got one more game I want to get to. Bengals and Dolphins, you guys. We're just going to keep this one simple because I almost I went through this sheet and I was putting together. I'm like, I got 11 games on here. What's the one game I don't have? I'm, like, I'm looking, counting. I'm like, I feel like I got them all. And it's like, oh, yeah. Bengals and Dolphins. Who cares about this game? What a boring one. 19-7 victory for the Dolphins. Mike Kosicki, to me, is the most interesting guy to talk about from it. Nine catches on 11 targets, 88 yards, and a touchdown. We've been talking about this tight end position, talking about this tight end position really all season, and we can use this as a launching pad into the tight end position. First of all, are you buying Mike Kosicki? And secondly, are there any sneaky tight ends? If you need someone who you can just boom, I'm getting him. I know it's touched on upside. I just want to trust one guy for the fantasy playoffs. Anyone out there who catches your eye? Let's start with the Kasicki question. Brandon, how you feel about him after what we saw in week 13? Well, it was the Bengals, um, mm-hmm. you know, but 
it was the Bengals, and we know that that's the defense you can pick on, especially for the tight ends. So that that happened. I will say, I mean, Gasicki's averaged about forty yards uh, a game for the month before that. You know, a regular three, four catches. Ooh. It's about as good as you can get on that back end hey, of that tight, tight end. I know, yeah, I know. I mean, that's, that's why I said I, I was hoping that <laughs> insinuation. Yeah, came it's like, <laughs> oh, you know what? You're getting six or seven points and half PPR leagues from your tight end. Uh, take take the win there, you know. And every once in a while, you get a big game like this. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. So if you have Gasicki, you're just kind of gonna gonna ride this, I think. So I don't know. I don't know that I have any sneaky tight ends. I would still on the Houston side with that narrow tree with Brandon Cooks maybe being out. I would go back to the Jordan Aikens. Well, I keep doing yeah, I'm it. Done with him. Uh, but are you done? <laughs> yeah. I'm finally. Done. I, might give him, I might give him one more chance. <laughs> Jake, anyone to you that like, yeah. I mean, we're, we're assuming that there's people who, who are just like stuck and just want one guy to trust. Yes. Uh, so because Brandon said it, that's what exactly what I was going to say. It's the Bengals. You pick on them, especially with tight ends this year. Uh, so if Eric Ebron happens to be sitting out there, which I think he's not at this point, but good matchup uh, tonight. Yeah, tonight. And then they get the Bengals. But who gets the Bengals next week? Dalton Schultz still out there in a lot of leagues. And Andy Dalton's kind of given him some like relevancy of late. So I think that's where you could go outside of that. It's, it's kind of gross. All right, well, let's take that same line of thinking and move it over to quarterback and defense. We've got, I've got the week 14 uh, available guys and also uh, their matchups, uh, both quarterback and defense. But let's try to also think about weeks 15 and 16. Uh, we know as much as we talk about this, that it's not as easy in most leagues to just stream the quarterback position as we want it to be. So is there anyone who starts off with a good matchup in week 14 who you think someone could trust beyond just this week 14 matchup? Who you got here, Jake? Oh, I'm trying to look at week, like week 15 at the same time yeah. here. <laughs> so, nope, Teddy's got Green Bay, so that one's done. Uh, who else you got on here? I'm trying to bounce forth between the waivers and the schedule at the same <laughs> see, time. We got Tua. I don't. I mean, nah, Tua's completely Mitch off. Mitch Trubisky, if he remains, if Mitch Trubisky remains the starter, he's got that same schedule that David Montgomery's got. That everyone. Oh, he's got Minnesota running. after that. I, wow, can, are we really going to do Mitch Trubisky to trust your play, playoff? Lives well, if we're just going off schedule. And then Philip. So Philip Rivers has Las Vegas, and then who's he have the week after Indianapolis? Got Houston after that. Houston. Ah, I think that's Philip. I'd probably go Philip Rivers and Mitch would be the top two of these because I just, wow, I, I don't want to sit there and say, oh, I'm going to win my playoff game with Mitchell Trubisky as my quarterback. <laughs> uh, just because, look, we know if it goes wrong, he could get yanked in the second quarter. That I think that's the bigger yeah. concern. Like, if Phillip Rivers goes wrong, you know, what's the worst case? Jacoby Brissett runs a touchdown in. Like, that's not different than anything that's been with Phillip Rivers. So those would be the top two. Yeah, and I just think the answer is you're not picking up a stream quarterback this week and just riding him uh, through the sure. playoffs because well, that just the won't easy work. Answer. That was at least right. Yeah, well, that's the right <laughs> answer, and, and I think we're just we're playing Michael's game here. But I mean, we got to be realistic, and so the, I would uh, probably target Teddy Bridgewater for this week, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know, and then I'm looking to play somebody Follow else next week when he, yeah. Teddy Bridgewater in Carolina get the Denver Broncos at home. Maybe somebody will rage hey, guys, drop that's the ben- That's the fun of being the traffic cop here, guys. I get to – yeah, you have to play my games. At least sometimes. I have to try to find games. Yeah, that Brandon, I can at least I play. tried to play the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, there he is. Brandon. There he is being the traffic cop right there. He's yeah, listen to that. I'm t- even coming the for you guys. to go with it. <laughs> coming for you guys. You got one headed to Seattle and one headed to Virginia Beach. It's going to take a while for them to get here from the middle of the country, but hey. Watch out. Any defenses we want to talk about? We could just do week 14 for defenses. Anyone we're looking at on the stream here, Brandon? I'll take the Giants, um, <laughs> you know, with a with a bum-shouldered Kyler Murray. Sure, I'm, I'm down with the Giants. Footballs. 
You know, I've been Washington footballs all yep. year long. I'll, I'll definitely against San Francisco with Nick Mullins still at quarterback. Sure. Right, and I'm I'm very interested to see that game. We're recording this. It's uh, it just turned to uh, afternoon. It's noon now, noon Eastern, where Jake is. 11 a.m. where I am. 9 a.m. where Brian where Brandon is. So thanks for doing this all season, Brandon. Waking up early with us. Uh, I'm very interested <laughs> to see uh, what the footballs are able to do against the Steelers uh, in a couple of hours here on Monday afternoon, Monday evening football, depending on where you live in the country. But uh, I'm with you, Jake. I think that's uh, always n- never a bad matchup and uh, never no. a bad defense to trust. If and you want wanted- up against Nick Mullins. Not a bad one either. If you want the desperation one, Andy Dalton yeah. revenge game could push the score. And then if Ryan <laughs> Finley's trying to play keep up with the Cowboys, yeah. I'm just saying. Oh, man. I love that that game's in Cincinnati, too. Andy Dalton gets to go <laughs> to Cincinnati and take on the Bengals. In How'd that a Golden Tate fan- revenge oh, game work out yesterday? Had some fans in there. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, well, you know. I think I feel like Andy Dalton's got a little bit more uh, revengeness available. Yeah. yeah, right. I mean, Golden Tate's, you know, whatever. But I feel like Andy Dalton's got, you know, Andy Dalton's going to have the ball in his hands 40 times. Like, he's actually got some things he can direct. So, going to be fun. It's going to be fun. We're, we got we got to try to find something to make Cowboy Cincinnati fun. Yeah. And I think that could be the formula uh, for doing it. Hopefully, we found plenty uh, of good formula to make this show fun for you to listen to. We're going to put a bow on it and wrap up this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, as we said earlier. It is, of course, holiday season, and right now at The Athletic, you can buy one subscription and get one to gift. Go to theathletic.com slash fantasyfootballpod to do that. Treat yourself and treat a friend. For Jake Seeley and Brandon Funston, I am Michael Beller. Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast back with you tomorrow. Nando DeFino and Chris Vaccaro, three of us back with you on Wednesday to take a look at Week 14 rankings. Until then, thanks so much for listening. Have a great day and enjoy the three Week 13 games that we still have ahead of us. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you.